Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 262, live from the Comedy Film Nerds Garage. You know what's really special about this episode? <laughs> <laughs> he just, no. he didn't acknowledge that big intro at all. No, no, no. I gave him big, like, <laughs> no. monster truck. No, no, no. And he's because, nothing. Because the fan, they're, they're ready for it now. They're ready. They're ready. They're like, all right, what's Graham going to do this time at the beginning? <laughs> and, uh... Uh, but I'm really excited because it's very rare we get to see a movie, um, a big movie that comes out before theaters. Oh, yeah. Before it's in theaters. And we're going to be talking about Fast and Furious 7 today. I think we're going to mention Guys, that. I think it's technically called Furious 7. Furious yeah, 7. Yeah, it's just Furious, Furious 7, 7, Chris. That's it. <laughs> Way to go. You're all making notes on your paper. Oh, I better. Well, we better. Make sure yeah. I don't mess up. Oh, yeah. here we go. Oh, wouldn't want to insult the fans <laughs> yeah. of this the dynasty. Fast, <laughs> yes, the Fast and Furious franchise number 7 number would seven. be a, yeah. more of an accurate sure, sure, description. Sure, sure. Um, They're uh, still counting Tokyo Drift for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> because every once in a while you need an excuse to go to Tokyo. Yeah. That's, so that's what we did yeah, for our movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we just made up an excuse. Ah, there's got to be someone yeah. who has no, likes podcasts in Japan. Exactly. You know, pretty soon we're going to be calling it Bud 7. <laughs> I just want to go wherever there's like good surf breaks. Just like, oh, the Maldives podcast that we need to do for Earbuds sequel. Have you ever surfed Vietnam? Like that poster in Back to the Future 2? Yeah. In 2015, there's like a vacation poster, Surf Vietnam. Well, there's actually... That's funny you bring that up. Uh, there's the, the the documentary Step into Liquid uh-huh. um, talks to a Vietnam vet who was surfing a little bit in Vietnam while he was stationed there. Oh, wow. Then comes back. 30, 40 years later and is kind of reliving and processing being in Vietnam through surfing. Wow. So, bam. Wow. Dropping some knowledge on yeah. you motherfuckers. Bringing it all full circle. Um, uh, now, that, by the way, we should mention, oh, there's a guy talking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, that isn't you and I, yeah. and his name is uh, Matt Myra. Hello. From a little podcast called The Nerdist yep. and James Bonding. Uh, yes. And Phoebe over on Smodcast Network. Phoebe. Uh, me and Scott Mosier, we put it down on wax occasionally. <laughs> also occasionally. You land on wax? I love it. <laughs> yeah, we print them. <laughs> Come get a copy at my house, guys. It's the only way to get my podcast. <laughs> we, we should do that. We should, we take- should print them. Just we do should a vinyl. Do, we should do some of these on do vinyl. Do a special vinyl yeah. release. Nice. Yeah. Doesn't that sound awesome? Yeah. It does actually oh, for the collectors. Yeah. yeah. I yes. love it. You'll make some bank we, on that. We uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of films today. We're going to talk about Fast and Furious Seven, Going Clear, and uh, this one of the special thirty for thirties, Miracles and Men. We're also going to be talking about maybe some James Bond movies, love the it. new Spectre new trailer. trailer. Yes. And we got a lot on DVD and Blu-ray. It's interesting. This is actually a good week for DVDs. It's Interstellar, Imitation Game, and Wild we're going to be talking about. All right. Uh, let's, so, let's do it. Let's cut the bullshit. Yep. And get... We all were at... <laughs> we got to talk about Furious 7. Furious 7. We went to a press screening last night, courtesy of Matt. You're yes. actually your fiance? Yeah, yeah. Dory. Mm-hmm. Dory hooked us up over at BuzzFeed. She's she like, works at hey, BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed, yep. Mm-hmm. So, big... IMAX theater, mm-hmm. perfect place to watch yes. it. Yes, nice and loud. Nice and loud. <laughs> Beautifully loud. Matt yeah. and I saw, this is very fitting, we saw <laughs> Fast 6 yep. last year, whatever it was, a year or two ago. we were in Nashville. We were in Nashville. <laughs> wow. We were doing Doug Loves Movies in Nashville, yeah. and yeah. we saw it and talked about it on stage. It and, was so much fun. And spoiled it for many people who were angry at spoiled us. It <laughs> 
whatever. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, suck it's it. unspoilable. Um, All the things really you think are going to happen, happen. This was... Um, Delightfully insane. Oh, it was so Deli- great. Everything and, you want. Yeah. Everything that you expect from the franchise, you get in this movie. Cars yeah. um, jumping out of airplanes. Yeah. Uh, with lovely and wonderful dialogue of like, the parachute has a GPS. Yeah. What, <laughs> That's going to solve everything. Yeah. What does that even mean? <laughs> the parachute took, has a GPS. You just took two things and put them next to each other. <laughs> just like, you know what I mean? You just, there could be yeah. anything. How would that even work? Say that were true. Yeah. How would that work? And the they weren't even like it's okay that trees have routers. They weren't even like they weren't even directional parachutes. They were right. just the big dump parachutes. Yeah. That are just <laughs> meant to slow something down. Yes. Like there's no steering happening. And generally people. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Also, I want to know what the two tires on the back of Vin Diesel's charger were for. Like I was really expecting those two back tires to come oh, into play. Fast, yeah. fast eight. We're gonna find. We're yeah, gonna learn yeah. about them. Yeah. Fast eight. Yeah, with those he tires. Had, he had those two spare tires that clearly were. Get me um, extra tires. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was. The uh, he rock, never needed. The nope. Rock did everything great. It yeah. was. And not, what, what was he wearing? Oh, he was wearing a protein shirt. He was wearing, he was wearing, a, wearing protein a protein shirt. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> like a yeah. patch of protein. Uh, was, and you know, at one point it had sleeves, and he just ripped them oh, off. Oh, fuck you! He's sleeves. Like I can't wear sleeves. How dare you? Yeah. He just looked. He they just, just looked at the wardrobe person. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they dropped. Oh, yeah. Clearly, I am a double extra large, and you brought me a double extra large shirt. What is wrong with this yeah. picture? You are. He's he's his shirt. Bring me a medium. Yeah. I have been made fun of by Kira Soltanovich for wearing shirts that are too small for me. Mm -hmm. But The Rock wears shirts that are too small for me. Yeah. (laughs) If you... Very true. (laughs) It's to inject the protein. But if you spend that much time on, 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 on doing your lifting... You Why absolutely. Not? You if, earned it. If they put him in a Hawaiian shirt, I would have yelled at the screen. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine that. Yeah. And clearly, that is standard office attire for where he sure, works. Sure, yeah. Yes. He just wants the sweat to dry quickly. That's yeah. why he's wearing the dry fit. <laughs> it was so great. Now, just we're not going to go too much into it because we are going to do a spoiler app yes. come out later mm-hmm. this week. Um, Which is kind of um, uh, uh, saying a spoiler app for... Fast and Furious. It's kind of ironic. Yeah. We're using oh my it in an God, ironic gonna, way. I don't spoiler alert. There's girls in bikinis we'll and we just, see yes. close-ups of their asses. We'll just call it a spoiler alert for the entire series because everything we say happens probably happened in all the movies <laughs> previous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this time it was in uh, it was the it was the right dosage. I called um, it uh, on on Twitter. I reviewed it as a a, a series of well timed explosions. Yes, yes, with really, terrible really. dialogue. And we won't get into it, but just real quick. I liked how they handled the Paul Walker thing. I yes. was so how are we gonna how are they gonna handle that? And yeah. we'll get into it, the details of it in the spoiler. Yeah. I thought it was done very well too. So, I, had, I had some problems. Okay, and, uh, but we'll talk about we'll it. talk about and it. And yeah. one of the things I loved about this movie was that uh, you know you expect obviously goofy cheesy dialogue, but mm-hmm. it was so ratcheted up in this film that. The director actually made sure you knew when a cheesy line of dialogue was coming up because the camera would slow down, there would be a pan, there would be a close-up, an actor would turn dramatically to the camera right before the line was delivered. So you knew, buckle up, something dumb's going to come out of somebody's mouth. (laughs) That's the thing we've always said about this franchise for the most part. They are very aware of what they're they're making, yes. And because they're so aware, they... 
keep churning out gold. Gold. Yeah. Yeah. Gold. It's worth the rock's weight in gold, this movie. It is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. And Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell did Welcome uh, addition to the franchise. Yeah. Bravo, Kurt. And you want you wanted to see more of him. You were like, I hope he, I hope that this isn't just like a one scene. Well, did you cameo. hear what Vin Diesel said last night on, on Kimmel? No, uh-uh. was, uh, we didn't cast Kurt Russell for this one. We cast him for the next one, which is going to be in New York. Oh, <laughs> yes, nice. Yes, yes. <laughs> Kurt's back in the Big Apple. <laughs> so it's like a I can't wait. escape. He's a snake. Pliskin, is there going to uh, yeah. be an escape? There's going to be an escape from New York. Like, yes. <laughs> yes, 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 and yes. if he somehow gets an eye patch. Oh, like even God. Oh, they have to do that. They yeah. have right? to give him an eye patch. <laughs> yeah. Just like something, maybe like uh, Tyrese is eating a lemon next to him. Just right. something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I better put this on. Yeah. <laughs> is that an eye patch? No, it's a lemon shield. <laughs> oh. So great. So great. And But see that movie, everybody. Go see it. I know you're already going. You're too. not going to be disappointed. Oh, I good. still, and I swear, I, I... Although I will say, though, if you didn't like the last six, yeah, this one's not going to change your mind. <laughs> uh, Dory had never seen a Fast and Furious movie. This was the first one. How she could saw. she keep up with all the plot lines? That's what I yeah, said to her. Yeah. Like, I hope you're following so this. I don't know if you know this, but she doesn't remember anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris goes. I didn't see six. I saw five, and I just went. Jason Statham is, blows up the guy in the end of six, and so now he's back for justice. Yeah. And Chris goes, okay, got it. Yeah, that was, yeah, right. okay. I'm, I'm up to speed. <laughs> Literally yeah. all you needed. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, now, I, I, I do want to say, this isn't a spoiler, because this is how the movie opens. I loved the fact that um, the movie opens with Jason Statham, he's in a hospital, and you never see him kick any ass. You just see him walk out of the hospital in the devastation that he already All caused that you didn't I see. Loved that. Off, so I loved camera. that. It was awesome. So you get this idea of like, oh my God, what did we just miss? Oh. And then it gives you a chance for the action to ramp up. Yeah. They don't just drop you into it. Mm-hmm. They drop you in the scene right after the yeah. action ramped up. Yeah. So it was a great way to start the movie. It was, it, was, it was so fun. And I've said this before and I will say this again. Uh, I, I, watching this film last night, I have to do a parody of the step up and the fast and furious called step up and furious where it's dancing and car racing and they fight. They got to save the teen center because sure. of the terrorists. Have well, they got to say, they got to save the race. Yeah. Got to save the right. racetrack. The racetrack. Yeah. And the, yeah exactly. We're going to race wars. Yeah, ex- exactly. Sure. And there's a bad guy who blows up when they dance on a car and a runway. A track. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Also, I feel like there's only a certain number of 69 Dodge chargers left in the world. And Vin Diesel has all of them. <laughs> and after every movie there's one less <laughs> at least uh, at least i yeah and i if i want to do that movie but i gotta have the budget to have them to blow up yeah you need uh, about 150 million dollars for that movie yeah, yeah. you do because you have to have an airplane and dance choreography is not cheap no yeah. <laughs> no sir and you're gonna have to have a scene underwater yeah a, oh yeah yes yes there's gonna, gonna have to be under the dome dancing we're gonna dance cars. under the water yeah. we're gonna dance have a dance fight under underwater on, on top of a submarine submarine mm-hmm. racing yeah guys let's do it and Someone they kicks the nose on and the they, submarine. And the, and the two guys line up next to each other and rev the yep. submarine engines. Yep. <laughs> I can't wait for this movie. Um, all right. So 
Furious 7, guys, book You can it. dance, but can you dance down below? <laughs> Slow camera pan. There's underwater dance. Instead of underground dance battles, there's underwater dance battles. Oh, dolphins dance with them. I uh, see it. I, I see can't it. wait to do this movie. I was surprised. I will, I will say this. Being at a press screening, I was surprised that the laughs that the movie got in the spots that the people making the movie wanted there to be less. It was amazing. I, I know, it wasn't, it was like, this is jaded press, and every, yeah. well, I got Technically, the, it was uh, digital press. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah. We're not real. Well, yeah. I mean, I did see the People magazine movie reviewer. I mean, that's the- Leonard, Leonard, Leonard Maltin was, was there, there yeah. sitting right next to us. And the thing was, the vibe I got, all these, you know, all of us, whatever, movie reviewers, whatever you want to call Rotten us. Tomatoes guys were next to us. We all were, I've got the feeling the whole theater was like, yeah, yeah. let's let's, let's play. Let's do this. Like, give me the cotton candy. It doesn't pretend to be anything other than no. what it is. Right. They had that's a what makes it great. Because so many yep. uh, people wanted to yeah. go. So that was fun. All right. So next, um, now this is a movie I've been, I've been hearing, we've all heard about. Uh, it was on HBO, The Going Clear. So HBO yeah. produced it. HBO produced it. Now, Matt, you saw this. Yeah, I watched it on Sunday night, Going okay. Clear. Nice, uh, solid two hours, like actually mm-hmm. two hour long. It's not one of these jinx bullshits where they run 42 minutes on an hour slot. It's uh, It was fully two hours, and it was uh, about Scientology, which everybody, I feel like, is fascinated with on the outside. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been too scared to go near the building myself. It's so. based on the uh, Lawrence Wright, I guess, did a yep. book. Of the same title, basically. Yeah, and uh, he's uh, he was involved in the film his interviews too, right? anchor the sort of the storytelling. Him and Paul Haggis are you see the most okay uh, in the movie, and it's really fascinating because like the first the first hour of it is a very sort of fair depiction of Scientology uh, and its uh, philosophy and in, in psychology and everything like that. So when you're watching the first hour, you're sort of sitting there thinking to yourself, well, I mean, I guess this isn't that crazy i could see how this could be a religion you know whatever uh you do have some questions about l ron hubbard's sanity for sure uh and uh but then in the second hour is when you achieve uh phaeton level three and that's Mm -hmm. the one where they hand you the briefcase that has l ron hubbard's handwritten notes in it that tell you the whole xenu story (laughs) and that's when as soon as that moment happens then the whole thing just takes this insane turn of like, well, that's this part of Scientology. Then there's this. So it's really fascinating because hearing people explain their reactions to like, Paul Haggis said that he, when he read the handwritten notes about Xenu and the uh, spaceships were DC-10s and everyone in 75 million years ago was dressed like they were in the 50s and blah, 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 blah. So when he, he said when he was reading it, he thought it was a test. And the test being, if you believed this, they'd kick you out. (laughs) 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 Like, that's how insane it was. Uh, So it's, you know, and then it goes into the details, the church abuses. It goes into uh, how they treat people, how they treat people, how David Musgrave, the current head of the church who took over after L. Ron Hubbard, Mm -hmm. uh, how he's sort of a paranoid maniac. Uh, and will throw people into, uh, you know, for, like, essentially prisons where they'll have to, like, you know, there's work labor, there's, like... So they're, like, work work camps. There's work camps. There's wow. work camps that happen on the, on the fourth floor of the blue building, you know, the blue Scientology right. building in Hollywood. Uh, and they work the... One of the women 
She was named Spanky. She was uh, she was John Travolta's assistant until like the early eighties, still like right after she had a kid. Uh, and then they sent her to that camp, and she was saying that they would work thirty hours and then get to sleep for about three, and then they'd have to work thirty more hours and then sleep for well, three. Classic brainwashing techniques. Oh God, it's insane! And like, and all of this stuff they were doing was just menial labor, like scrubbing the floor with a toothbrush and all that shit. Oh my God! And then, so then, like the top level, some of the top level people that are no longer in Scientology that left in the last you know, five, ten years, they're interviewed in the in, in it too, and they're talking about just the abuses that they suffered when Musgrave got really paranoid. He threw all the Sea Org leaders into this double wide trailer essentially and would have them like uh play musical chairs to Bohemian Rhapsody and then the idea was whoever was left got to stay and everybody else had to leave. But then after that happened they he would make everyone still stay and then uh, he didn't even know how musical chairs work. Yeah, and then he would come and he would he would he would. <laughs> that's the that's the most egregious yeah, yeah. violation. This guy is he doesn't yeah. play musical chairs correctly. Yeah. And then Musgrave would come in there and just beat the shit out of them. Wow, yeah, really? just like personally, and and it was just insane, and it was it's, fascinating. It's I've never heard like two positive words about Scientology ever. Yeah. And when I, I heard about it a long, long time ago, and then when I moved to LA almost 20 years ago yeah. and got here and saw it up close and saw those those wing nuts on Hollywood Boulevard yeah. trying to get you to come in and check free your personality email. personality test. Uh, and, free and, and, and anytime test. I met someone and they're like, or you'd hear like, Oh, they're studying at the Beverly Hills Playhouse. And I'd go, mm, mm-hmm. that's connected to yeah, Scientology. Yeah, yeah. And I'd always just start to get like, watch yeah. out. Yeah. And and it, I, I, I can't wait to see this documentary because the guy who directed it, Alex Gibney, he has this amazing um, resume of, I mean, he did Freakonomics. He did Client 9. He did, I mean, a bunch of the 30 for 30s, which is, we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. another one. I love those documentaries. He did The Armstrong Lie. He did uh, Mr. Dynamite, The Rise of James Brown, which is another great documentary. Uh, You know. Yeah, it's really well done. The the HBO documentaries and the 30 for 30s and a lot of these, they really go into, like, I get the feeling that the research is like the most important part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's get these facts correct. You know, what's interesting is like they there were no it. lawsuits, right? <laughs> no, no. I no, mean, they're, they're certainly not going to no. sue. And one of the, I remember the director saying, "Is like, let him sue me. I told the truth." And this whole right. thing you yeah. said, you can't. And they have the whole. I mean, there's a fascinating chunk in the middle about the whole battle with the IRS to be uh, nonprofit, nonprofit, and, and 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 as a religion. And what happened was they had it. Like twenty seven hundred members of the church sue the IRS individually while this was going on, and essentially saying to the head of the IRS, "Listen, if you leave us as a church, then all these lawsuits will go away the next day." So then the IRS was like, "All right, you're you're a church." So they because uh... they had they had a they had a billion dollar tax bill at that point, and they only had like two hundred and twenty five million dollars liquid, so they would have been gone. Had they? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So if the government yeah. hadn't buckled, yes. If the like the had, fucking yeah. sellout yeah. pussies yeah. that yeah. they are. And then apparently, like, there's a whole, there's a fascinating section in there about Tom Cruise not being in contact with them for like a year and a half while he was off making Eyes Wide Shut. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they really needed to get him back in. So then they like talked to him, and, like they, 
Tom wanted to them to like tap Nicole Kidman's phone, and then they got that done somehow, and then it was wow. it's just yeah, it's insane. Now, do wow. they do they they don't interview Tom Cruise in the movie? No, right? they. I mean, they say in it that you know everybody they wanted to talk to that declined interview requests. Right. I'm so. sure. At least they got Paul Haggis. I'm yeah. sure he had a lot to say. Yeah, he did. He had an awful lot to say. Because he was in this and then left. He was in Scientology and left because of their stance on homosexuality, which they they think is a psychological disorder. Well, it is. And his daughters. Are, <laughs> of course, of course. Well, I mean, that goes without saying. Yeah. Guys, of course, but, uh, you know. So, so is being black or Jewish. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the religions are completely right about everything. Yeah. All uh, of <laughs> so that was interesting. Most religions pretty got their fingers on the pulse of homosexuality. <laughs> But uh, yeah, what was fascinating is like they had like a couple of uh, Musgraves, you know, right hand men that 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 were in Scientology for thirty, forty years and and left after the whole you know being beaten up instances. You know, gee, well, that's wow, weird. that's weird yeah. that that would turn them. Yeah, oh man, yeah. Like, maybe that's why we've lost so many interns. We <laughs> <laughs> just beat the shit out of and them. And there's that one that just likes it. I know. It's I mean, <laughs> and it's you know, there's a lot of it that's sad. It's like people that like you know that want to get out and then like if their family is in then they're they they're ostracized they're ostracized they're uh, suppressive persons and then they have to disconnect and then their people haven't talked to their daughters in years because they're still in the church and they can't talk to them and apparently uh you know they had the nicole kidman is a is a is a sp suppressive person so that uh, the assumption under that is that her and cruz's kids can't talk to nicole kidman can't talk to the mother because she's a she's a SP. So that's how they label a non-believer yeah. or whatever. Impressive person, yeah. It's crazy. Wow. Or someone who leaves the church and causes stirs up yeah. trouble or yeah. whatever. But this is the thing though, like where, uh, like when Katie Holmes after we got divorced and Scientology, hey fuck you, you like that's the part of it. Like if you knew enough about this, why yeah, are you getting near it? What's interesting about that? What's interesting about that aspect of it? But they don't go they don't go into the Katie Holmes thing at all. But uh, I get, like, like Paul Haggis was saying, like, you know, when I was in the church, I never read a critical word about the church. I just never bothered to look up anything. And he's like, but after I got out and I started reading and, wa- and he was like, I was blown away by what I was seeing. And uh, I think that part of it is, like, I feel like the, with Scientology, they sort of, like, just, like, let you dip your toe in and they don't sort of overwhelm you with the craziness until you're, you're in. Well, I, I think it's it's a very specific mechanism now. They yeah. figured out what works and what doesn't in their recruitment policies. Yeah. So they figure, uh, um, well, you know, don't show up to a first date with a wedding ring. Yeah, you know that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It's a yeah. little bit of like, well, you know, just come in, see what it's like. And yeah, they you know. only. I mean, apparently, right now, they the documentary was saying as of maybe a year or so ago, they only have fifty thousand active members right now. So it's considerably smaller than what they would let. Yes, and, you to believe. but they have like. Because they keep buying this crazy property, they have. It's like a assets. shell corp. Yeah, it's like a shell corp where they have like one point two five billion dollars in property spread across. Because the they don't globe. have to pay any taxes. Yes. Yeah. Which is the greatest scam of, uh, of yeah. all time. Which is exactly what L. Ron Hubbard said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, if you I really want wonder, to make some money, you yeah. know, you start a church. Well, yeah. that's the that thing I always wonder about L. Ron. Was he crazy or did he go, no, I know how stupid everyone is in the uh, government. And- I think he was crazy. But he also knew that if he started a religion, he'd he'd that's where you make the real money, right? And because there's like stuff about him, like really buying into this 
stuff and trying to get and, and making people audit him and all that stuff. That's the other thing too, is those audit sessions. When you're auditing, it's essentially you the idea is you have to go through, you know, traumatic experiences in your life or things you've done wrong in your life and you go through it with an auditor. And the auditor sit there and takes notes the whole time. So there was part of in part of the documentary they say that uh John Travolta was wanted to leave the church, but then they pulled his folder and was like they gave him a there was like a blackmail PR package put together and said if you leave this is what we Oh well, yeah, that, I mean that's been yeah. the, that's been the rumor for years yeah. is that he and Tom Cruise are gay or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and that the church knows this and says Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go public and so will we. Yeah. Um I remember when I first moved to town and I had some you know, whatever, some shitty agent. I was in my early 20s, and they're like, here's a here's a commercial audition. And I was like, where's the audition? Oh, it's at the Scientology building. And I was like... It's at the Scientology building? It was at building? the Scientology building. And I went, I want to see what this is all about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I go in there, and I'm reading the literature as I'm waiting. And it's, you know, guys, it's only 2,500 bucks a year to get clear. So what a deal that is. Sure. And then... Um, Don't you want to be clear? Yeah. yeah you want to get the Phaetons out, guys. Come on. Get, and then the, the audition was great. It was... I finally got the sides. They wouldn't give them to you in advance. I yeah. got the sides er, at the audition. And I'm reading. It was all this crazy... Were the sides like, I want to join Scientology? Is it was, that it the was, stuff it you had like to a, say? <laughs> it was like a historical thing. And it was like, we're going to take this person's brain out and put it in. I was, it was crazy. And the, the audition, and I just went... So... Um, when I got in the room and I was like, so, so is there, you know, and they had a video camera and I was like, before I, so is this for the church of Scientology? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's for your recruitment. Yeah. Thank you. And I walked out and then there was another time a friend recommended this like inner city book reading thing. And I was like, Uh, Oh, cool. All right. This is a book reading thing. And then I found out, and I was I was like helping inner city kids, and I was like, man, this is really cool. And then I found out that it was funded. <laughs> so in the bookshelves, there's all these books, and yeah, there's an L. Ron Hubbard book. You could that's one you could read too. That's the other thing too, they don't have to pay royalty. They don't. There's no tax royalty on his books because they're all considered uh, religious. religious literature. Even the science fiction ones. Yes. No. Yes. Really. None of his books. Oh my God! What an amazing wow. loophole! Also, he holds the Guinness Book of World Records for having a thousand books published. Wow! <laughs> I wrote a lot. Wow! A thousand books. A thousand books. Oh my God! I don't think I've read one of them. <laughs> no, I haven't either. Mm-hmm. Well, you're an SP then. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> um, yeah, we're all SPs. Uh, wow. Well, that's cool. I can't wait to see this. Welcome uh, to comedy film SPs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So um, don't right. listen. Get clear. Get, get clear. All right. So let's <laughs> let's talk about another uh, cool documentary. I saw the Thirty for Thirty, and I we've talked about these before in the show. I love these. I saw it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's of miracles and men, and this one's about this Ron Hubbard, the, right? And why he's great. And you <laughs> why guys, he was the best goalie the U.S. could have had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we would have won more gold medals if the <laughs> Olympic team would have been more clear. Um, this is about the. Miracle on Ice hockey win from the Russian side. Oh, interesting. And it's most of these documentaries come in, they're usually 50 minutes or 48 or whatever because they're out. This yeah. is a 90 minute one. It is, it's so good. And, and, and here, here's why it's good. Um, l- let me bring it up. Uh, um, 
You hacking into the mainframe? Phil, I am. Doing a lot of <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> that was Connecting such, a doll to weird science. That was so, computer. so much. <laughs> there, there, um, hold on. This is taking far too long. Um, so, the, um, the director does an amazing job of... Now, how long are these? Are these like little episodes? Or are they like full features that they show on... Well, normally, like Depends. I was saying, they're Depends. they're they're usually hour long TV shows, so they're about fifty some minutes. This was a ninety minute one. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I that they they show they show them on ESPN, but I think they're very much seeing that there is this definitive market. Like Netflix is like probably yeah. like giving them a great license deal. Right, right. I own the first thirty on Blu-ray. They're uh-huh. amazing. They're so good. They're so good. And one of the things they do is the the director. This is great filmmaking and great documentary filmmaking. I grew up, I watched that game as a kid. I grew up as we all did. Soviet Union's bad. Mm-hmm. Fuck the Red Army. Evil, 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 evil. Mm. I was rooting for the Soviets while watching this because, oh. and, it, and I don't feel, and I don't be like, and I don't, I don't say that like derisively, like, oh, he manipulated me, tricked me. It was good filmmaking because he showed all this stuff we never heard, mm-hmm. which is I must break you. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> our that's our view of the Soviet Union, right? Is the big red menace, which I mean, yeah. Let's Stalin mm-hmm. was a, was Stalin. You know, yeah, he wasn't a good guy. He's killed more people than, than communism has killed more people mm-hmm. than yeah. anybody. So but it showed them first it showed the guy that invented the Soviet style of hockey. You know, they were all like, oh, the Canadians are the best, the Canadians are the best. He invented, he was an artist. He was like the ballet. He was romantic. He loved, got his players to love him. Um, And they created this style of, they're like, Canadian hockey is one guy is the star and four guys play around him. In Soviet hockey, uh, there's four guys playing there's four guy there's one guy playing with four guys so mm-hmm. it's it, it wasn't about give the hot guy with the stick it was about everybody moving to be in position to where the puck's going to be and they, they, he goes we created this beautiful style of hockey it was unconventional and also they had to sign 25 year contracts to be in the soviet army wow, wow. you know i mean and and so they go in the hockey division, though, right? <laughs> well, yeah, the hockey division, but still, they had to live in these barracks and all mm. this stuff. And then the movie has got two parts to it. It's it's everything leading up to the game, what happens, and then what happens after. Now, where did they get this footage? Is this all compiled from stock footage? Oh, from they old got footage. Great old footage now that Russia's open. Mm-hmm. All this training footage, these interviews, this like. You know, there's a lot of subtitles and stuff, which is great. Like a great, great interviews, you know, um, with these guys. And then there was one player who who became the first Soviet to play in the NHL while the Soviet Union was still the Soviet Union. I mean, obviously, when the wall fell, all these yeah. Russians came over. But what that was like and what he had to go through, and it's really, it's so compelling the coaching mistakes i mean there's a great line in the the kurt russell movie which is a great film i love that movie where and this is what actually happened the the best goalie in the world made a mistake and the coach who a lot of the guys didn't like they replaced him and kurt russell goes guys the best goalie in the world just got put on the bench 
this is our game. You know what I mean? Right. And mm-hmm. and it was so cool to talk about. But then you hear stuff like there were there were one of the interviews was with the Soviet sports writer, and the, and the, and the American filmmaker is like, so after the the game at Lake Placid, did you write a big? He goes, no. Why game was they lost and that uh, that the game is over. He's like, why? He goes, maybe this is a problem with America, but let's say young man kisses uh, so- Sophia Loren. He talks about it for years and years. Does Sophia Loren remember this? <laughs> no, you make a big dance over one game. So we will win. And, you know, and they won World Cups and championships yeah. before mm-hmm. and after that game. And it was mm-hmm. so awesome to hear this. And you're like, wow. And they're like, you know, we're in this arena in Lake Placid and we thought we were going to get killed Mm -hmm. because it's all fuck USA and get out of Afghanistan or fuck Russia rather than fuck Mm -hmm. USSR and get out of Afghanistan. And they were like, Jesus, like we're just hockey players who haven't been shown the news, haven't been given access to anything. It is a fascinating film and it's why these 30 for 30s. You're talking about Lake Placid with the crocodile, right? Yeah, you're yes. a moron. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> yeah. You do, are you listening? Are you paying attention? I just heard Lake Placid. Uh, that was it. I was asleep, yeah. and then I heard Lake yeah. Placid. <laughs> no, but this is great. So check that out. Um, yeah, those thirty for thirties are—they're all you. Even something you have no interest in. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. Where even if you're not a sports, say you're not a hockey fan, it's still a, yeah. it'll be a fascinating don't, documentary. If you you don't have to like hockey at all. If you have a, mm. a, a, a physical disdain for hockey, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. this is still great. you can still get through my favorite it. is broke. Oh, that is my favorite one. one. That's the one about all the NBA players going. Bro- well, and I, I guess it's all pro NBA athlete. and NFL and NFL and baseball. Leave Cliff yeah. Floyd's in that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all pro athletes essentially. It's about them going broke. The problem is is huge amongst uh, retired NBA players, but mm-hmm. it's really fascinating to watch those guys blow through money. Like they're always going to be making eight million dollars a year. But you know what? It's it's funny that one did did a great job of it. It's you know I, I say this sports is just an amped up version of American society, mm. and they've I mean as we just are coming off of a giant recession, so much of it was Americans going. I make forty grand a year. I should absolutely buy a thirty thousand dollar car. Right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My home keeps going up in value. I'm gonna just keep refinancing yeah. it and take cash out and yeah. buy stuff I can't afford. Yeah. And it's like that's like America financial, you know, uh, investment and stuff isn't taught in schools. No. Nope. You know, if if you're if you're poor middle class, you don't learn this. The you rich get, teach it to their kids. You yeah. don't get economics until it's an elective in college. In yeah. college. You're not, you, you, most of the population doesn't know what a Vanguard fund is, but guys, or how be in a Vanguard op- fund. Or, <laughs> or how stock options work, or yeah. the different types of mortgages, yeah. or, or any Or even of that just stuff. basic we money. We didn't know. We didn't know. I mean, when we grew up, it was like, what are we, our parents didn't know. They no. didn't teach us anything yeah. about money. Our yeah. parents were, our par- yeah. and our parents grew up with the like. Open a savings account and put money in. Yep. yep. That was it. 10%. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Which still isn't bad, and yeah. that's not yeah. even well, that. Even is, that's something most people aren't doing, right? But yeah, and it's because it's not taught in schools. Yeah. Basic money management yeah. isn't even taught in and, schools. And savings accounts are now what point oh one percent now, or oh, something like ridiculous. that. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, these thirty for thirties are awesome. That does it for your financial minute of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now let's talk about um, Matt. You have a 
podcast called James Bonding. You're a yes. huge James Bond fan. Now let's uh, the new the new Spectre, Spectre trailer has Hunt, just been unleashed onto the world. Thirty six seconds of greatness, guys. It and, is and uh, on. Honestly, it was an interesting choice. No action in the trailer. Not a not a second of action, mm-hmm. which I liked a lot. That was a great. A lot of teaser trailers will have the big set piece, like a right. three frames of it or something. Mm-hmm. But this one really, really stuck to. Also, I feel like James Bond talks in this trailer more than he has in the last two movies. Mm-hmm. Because if you ever read a James Bond script. You know, the the lead guy, James Bond, his lines of dialogue are very few and far between. He's a right. man of very few words. Everyone's talking to him. He's listening to people. He's blowing shit up. That's what he does. Right. He doesn't really talk. Now, have you ever read the novels? Yes. Now, does he speak more in the novels? Well, he speaks more in the sense that he's speaking to the reader. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh so you get more insight into the character that way. Mm-hmm. The thing that's interesting about this, and I and I'm I'm a little I'm a little worried going into Spectre, because it looks like, from the teaser trailer, and now this could only be the first ten minutes of the movie, who knows, but from the teaser trailer, it really looks like they're getting too precious with the continuity. Because this looks like it takes place the second after Skyfall Oh, ends. I gotcha. You know what I mean? Well, they already referenced Skyfall in the trailer. Yes, they referenced the MI6 building, the first shot you see, it's still blown up. They haven't fixed that yet, mm-hmm. so it can't be... That could be a contractor problem, yeah. too. Yeah, we're, we're having trouble. <laughs> also, it looks way more blown up yeah. than it was in Skyfall. <laughs> <laughs> like, their contractor just started to blow up yeah. more of the building. I thought you wanted everything to match. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> Uh, so that's interesting to me, and 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 I I do worry a little bit about the beauty. I think the beauty in a James Bond franchise is its loose canon. You know, it's a loose sort of continuity. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yes, you know, he sees Blofeld. He knows who Blofeld is. Yes, he had a wife and she died. And it, you know, four movies later, he, you see him visiting that grave. Um, but it's all sort of very, very... Yeah, there's Q, there's... Yeah, there's Q, yeah. there's this, you're familiar to me, you're familiar to me, uh, I got a mission. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it that I'm a little, ooh, are they going to really try to really, really weave these two together? Sam Mendes is doing this. Yeah. So, I mean, I like Sam Mendes. I mean, Road yeah. to Perdition, American Beauty and Road to Perdition yeah. are... I, they're great. They're amazing well, he, did, he did Skyfall, too. Yep. Yeah, and he did Skyfall. Um, so... That's the, the, the I'm going to trust him. I'm absolutely. I'm already. I'm absolutely. I'm absolutely going to trust and, him. And I thought it was an interesting choice with the trailer. Um, now you wonder too, like um, the new direction that James Bond is going in. Like the last one wasn't necessarily a big film either. When you look, it was a it was a much smaller film. This you know when you go into like global conspiracies, traveling all over the world, blowing stuff up. It was no Furious Seven. Right. You know, it was a much smaller, more contained, more personal story. Yeah. And now I wonder now with the Spectre, is this going to be like, are we going to see the beginnings of this organization? Is it going to be, no, it's been around for a while. Now we're just aware of it. And how big is this well, like basically they, fight going to be I between like, yeah. you know, the Secret Service and Spectre? Yeah. I like that they have woven in Mr. White, who was uh, in Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace as a member of Quantum. Because for a while it was like, oh, because they didn't have the rights to Spectre. They couldn't use Spectre because that was all tied up in the Thunderball litigation with Kevin McClory. Uh, and that ended? That ended finally. Oh, I see. Yeah, that ended finally. 
just after Skyfall, they got the rights mm-hmm. back to Spectre and Blofeld. Really? So that's why in this one they're throwing Blofeld and Spectre in the movie. And what they had done was they'd set up this other organization called Quantum, which was sort of their backup plan. If we never get Spectre back, we'll have Quantum, which is essentially Spectre. Right. Uh, so, How long has this Spectre litigation been going on? Since 1965. Jesus oh, really? Christ. Since Thunderball. Yeah. It had, been, it had been going back and forth for that. And that's how Never Say Never Again got made. It was a non-Eon production James Bond movie because Kevin McClory had co-authored the book Thunderball with Ian Fleming. So what happened there was he then took Ian Fleming to court when they were going to make Thunderball. And, you know, the Broccoli's wanted, uh, I guess it was Saltzman too. Broccoli and Saltzman wanted to make Thunderball. And they were like, okay, we'll shut this guy up. We'll give him an to, EP credit. To tell the fans right now, the Broccoli's own the yeah, rights to they the run, franchise. Yeah, they've, they've, they've been in the hands of the Broccoli since 1962. They're the film producers. So they said, okay, McClory, you can have an executive producer credit on Thunderball. Uh, and a judge ruled that McClory had film rights to Thunderball. So, mm-hmm. great, whatever. We'll give him an EP credit, we'll do Thunderball, and we'll move on. Unfortunately, Thunderball is the book where Spectre shows up, where Blofeld shows up. This is all this sort like of... Like canon Yeah, stuff. as far as the canonical way that the books are written, this is sort of where that stuff happens. Now, you do see, you do see Spectre in the movies before that because the movies were done out of order from the books. Right. Um, so what happened was the these these rights then McClory was like well I I I'm going to take you to court because I this is my story this is Spectre blah blah blah. So then it got tied up in litigation. Uh Sony bought the rights to uh Casino Royale. Sony had the rights to Casino Royale. So that's why they never made a Casino Royale to 2005. Uh McClory was fighting them the whole, you know, for 20 years, trying to say, I have the rights to Thunderball. A judge rules, yeah, you do. You have the rights to Thunderball. You can make a movie with James Bond in it and Thunderball. You can do that whole thing. You, that's, you can do that. So that's when he went off and, and made Never Say Never Again, which is literally just an updated version of Thunderball. That's the whole plot. And it's like, oh, that was I in like see. the 80s, that right? was Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the same year as uh, View to a Kill. Right. So... Uh, what happens there is you you end up with, you know, the, Kim Basinger's the Bond girl, and, and Connery comes back because it's not the broccoli, so he's glad to do it. And uh, then, so that gets tied up. That, they do that. They release the movie. It doesn't do as well as View to a Kill, but does all right. Whatever. Then you end up with this whole other thing of Sony making that movie, Columbia Pictures of Sony making Never Say Never Again, and having the Casino Royale right. So then there was going to be... In the late 90s, there was going to be a rival James Bond franchise launched by Sony. Really? Yeah. And that was going to be, and then... That would have been genius. <laughs> wow. Wow. So that was going to have all the elements of Thunderball and stuff spread out across some movies, and you were going to have another James Bond movie, you know, and it was going to be the whole thing, 007 and all this stuff, uh, because those were elements in Thunderball that McClory got to use, you know, in that story. So then... What happened, very lucky for the Broccoli's, what ended up happening was MGM started to go bankrupt. So when MGM... They lose uh, their assets. When they yeah, so when MGM started to go bankrupt, MGM was their partner in producing the movies because Saltzman, it was Cubby Broccoli and Harry Saltzman owned the rights to James Bond movies. 
Saltzman got into some financial trouble in the 70s, ended up having to sell his rights. But he didn't want it. For some reason, he didn't want to sell them to Broccoli. So he ended up selling half his rights to United Artists. So United Artists, who had been making a James Bond movie with them before, got the other half of the rights. So then together, they're sort of in this partnership now where they have to keep making these movies together. But then the whole UA and MGM thing started happening where UA started going, oh, oh, we can't really have a business now. MGM needed to get bought out too. So then what happens is uh, Columbia Pictures, Sony goes, well, hey, you guys, MGM's not doing great. Why don't we just go in on this deal with MGM and then we'll have the James Bond franchise under one roof again. So that's what happened in the early 2000s. So, so all that's how the they rights got to, that were scattered yeah, ended up came finding back, one back together oh, under the Broccoli's and, and, and Sony, which is why when you watch a James Bond movie now, you see the MGM lion, but then you also see the Columbia Pictures right. logo. You also, it, it, it's kind of similar uh, to the Marvel Universe, really. Yeah, it is in many ways. Because you've also got characters Sony. that can interact, even though they're all in the same universe, yep. but at different studios own different characters yeah. right now for yeah. film rights. And they all came together finally, and then in, in that deal, they got the rights back to Casino Royale. So they were able to reboot James Bond with his original first story. So that's when they make Casino Royale in 2005. And then finally, the McClory deal, the, the McClory lawsuit, Kevin McClory had died and his family was still pursuing the lawsuit. Finally, that got settled like three years ago. Where they were like, okay, and then Jesus. so now Spectre is back. So every all the James Bond things are now back under one roof for the first time since 1965. So everything's in the same sandbox. <laughs> wow. So now this whole Spectre thing, we're all like, really, you know, real James Bond fans are like, this is fucking awesome. It's finally you can finally do Spectre. You can finally battle Man, Blofeld. And then of course they get Christoph Waltz, which is amazing. Oh, He'd be yeah. a perfect Blofeld. Mm. I hope he plays Blofeld. No one knows still if he's Blofeld. He's got to be, you know. Unless oh. they just make him the villain of that movie, and then you know, Blofeld. This is amazing. I mean, this is really. So it'd be like when if Get Smart, someone else owned Chaos. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> what it would be like. Yeah, it's like if I owned Star Trek, but you owned the Klingons, right? <laughs> Just, my ship would just fly by a Klingon ship. We'd make no mention of it. Yeah. <laughs> What's that place? Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. About it. Yeah. Nothing. That's Nothing. amazing. Yeah. That, that story was uh, unbelievably convoluted yeah. and uh, oh, fascinating. It's super convoluted. It's, I recommend everybody watch this. There's a documentary that sort of details all of this. Uh, it's called Everything or Nothing, which is... Uh, is what, it a 30 by 30? No, it's on... <laughs> it was made for... I believe it was made for reels in a... In, in, Association with Eon. Oh, well, then no one's seen it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it was on Netflix for a while, so a lot of people okay. saw it on Netflix. And uh, it's full cooperation from the everybody. So you get interviews with Roger Moore, Daniel Craig, The Broccoli. What's the name of it? Everything or Nothing. Everything or Nothing. Which wow. is the name of their production company is Eon, which is what that stands for. Everything or Nothing. Uh, Eon Productions. Oh, that's awesome. All yeah. right. So everyone watch that. Wow, what a... <laughs> What a great, awesome, <laughs> awesome story! Yeah, and a great recommendation yeah. Yeah. for a film. Go! Holy shit! Okay, well, right on, man. Well, so let's, uh, we can go right to DVDs. Let's do it. Because you know what? It's interesting. These DVD schedules have gotten a little weird lately. Like it's never. Uh, it's very Is rarely it because a mix no one's anymore. buying physical media anymore. I, no, no, no. Because <laughs> when they release, they release digitally too. Yeah. It's a weird thing where. They're, everyone's watching what everyone else is doing, so you're not getting this mix of like, oh, different genres, good movies, bad movies. It's like a bunch of get front-loaded, a bunch of shitty movies come out at one time. Yeah. And like this week is Interstellar, Imitation Game, and Wild. 
Like these are all three really great movies, and they're all coming out at the same. You know, uh, and these the are the big day. ones that that ha- they also these are the three films. Mm-hmm. We always talk about whatever ones have sort of the but they were big releases mm-hmm. theatrically, and yes. they they also have the budget to then go coming out on DVD and download everybody. Yeah. Whereas, and we've talked about this with smaller movies that maybe get a theatrical release or a smaller one. They're sort of releasing however and whenever they can, right? right. You know, and it's like, well, it's a VOD. It's a, it's also on Netflix. It's a thing, you know. Like everyone, I, I guess everyone is kind of learning to like Netflix is last. You know what they mm-hmm. need to do that will put DVD and Blu-ray to bed finally is Netflix or Sony. Someone needs to figure out a way to uh, make me have selectable audio tracks that I'm watching. I know you already have. You can watch it in French or put the subtitles up, right. or whatever. But give me, give me my audio there. commentary. Yes. Give me my special features of deleted scenes and tiny documentaries and just mm-hmm. make it part of you. Go onto the screen where that movie is and then also to yes. the right, right you can select the things that And you get the extras, the featurettes, yeah. all that yeah. stuff. The other thing, too, is... And then no is, one uh, needs to buy it again. Right. Well, yeah. well Goodbye. Ne- <laughs> the, the other um, uh, half of that with Netflix, too, is Netflix said, like, well, they want to be more of a channel than a library. But... Someone needs to be a library. Yeah. Like if someone actually says, no, we're going to have everything, you pay a monthly fee, yeah. and you can access anything you want along with the extras and audio Just tracks. charge me eight would, more bucks a month for yeah. Netflix Plus. Right. I would never buy Smart. another DVD. Like yeah. then, because, oh, the library's already yeah. there, and it's in the cloud, yeah. and I can access it whenever I want for $8 yeah. a month. Yeah. Let me go on and watch Spinal Tap with them doing commentary in character or out of right. character or whatever. Yeah. I don't need a Criterion disc for that. <laughs> exactly right that's yeah. smart man uh-huh. that's smart uh somebody's um, listening some billionaire make this happen go make, make it. It someone go. has to be working be a on startup this. head to the shark tank yeah make a <laughs> make a comprehensive library don't let the bald guy yeah. buy it he's an yeah. asshole mr wonderful is just gonna ask for a royalty percentage uh, because God. that's what happens too with netflix like a license runs out then that show you were watching you could literally be halfway through a show and then the license yeah. runs out and then it's gone yeah or a movie they're like oh i always wanted to see that movie it was there last month now it's gone yeah. On. yeah um like the big one of the big shoes to drop was the stars deal with netflix and uh oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. they literally lost all that content from stars uh which also included some weird licensing deals for disney movies too it was a weird yeah. thing and they were like given like a couple million dollars like a year and then stars was like no it really needs to be a couple hundred million and then but actually we don't want to do it at all we're going to do our own thing and like the content just disappeared mm-hmm God, if they get rid of Frasier, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It's like, I can watch every it's, episode That's of the Friends. one you want to fight for, Matt. Yeah, yeah. yeah fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> 212 episodes of gold. <laughs> uh, all right, so yeah, Interstellar is coming out on DVD Blu-ray. I really like this film. Still haven't seen it. Oh, man. It's really good. I really like it. I, I got to tell you, I'm a little hit or miss sometimes on Christopher Nolan, and but whenever I don't, you know, particularly love one of his movies i can still always appreciate it what he does yeah but interstellar i really really enjoyed I'm, i was on board with. Well, i'm just curious i i saw it on giant imax at this chinese theater i just don't know how this movie's going to have the same impact on uh i don't care how nice your home theater is yeah well let me say this if you have not seen this film and you want to watch it at home on a dvd or whatever go lights out yeah phone off don't have a second screen going yeah. like watch this get drunk get 
Well, I didn't say that. <laughs> that's what you meant. You meant <laughs> yeah, Chris. That's, what I meant. that's exactly what Graham yeah. meant. Give up, give up your sobriety yeah. and, <laughs> and watch this film. Watch this Doesn't film. matter how <laughs> soon or late you left rehab. <laughs> Don't be a you pussy. Just want to enjoy an Estella. Um, but it, this is the kind of movie too that had such a cool 2001 feel to it. It really mm. felt like it was a um, a vision of hard science fiction. What actually it things could look like in the future. Yeah. Nothing um, absolutely insane or crazy, uh, just hard science fiction. Uh, and all these movies, Interstellar, Imitation Game, and Wild, if you miss them, they're all really good films. They're great. They Imitation are, Game's they, awesome. They I like all, Imitation Game a lot. What I like about Imitation Game is the guy that plays the British spy in that. Oh, um, the head? Yeah. Uh, because he, for me, that is as close to an on-screen representation of Ian Fleming's James Bond as I've ever seen. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So if you watch it through those eyes, it's uh, that guy is so good. He's the right age. Mm-hmm. He dresses exactly. Mark Strong. Yeah. He's the right age. He dresses exactly and acts exactly like Ian Fleming's literary James Bond. Right. That guy was awesome. Yeah, he, he was, made that movie again. He was awesome. Uh, he works for MI6. I thought there was only five. That's the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yes, funny. yes. That's what James Bond would do. Yeah. <laughs> that's what James Bond would do. Very pithy yeah. and mm-hmm. gentlemanly tell you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, quiet young man. And then, <laughs> like, yeah. and then, just, then just light up a cigarette. Yeah, yes. I'm smarter than you, yeah. and yeah. I'm politely tell yeah. you as much. Yeah. Yes, um, um, I right. could have your family removed with a phone call. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, now, Wild, Wild was a movie I, I really enjoyed too, and it was also the kind of movie I wasn't sure if I was going to like mm-hmm. or how it was kind of put together or how interesting it would be, and I really ended up liking it a lot. I thought Reese Witherspoon did a great job. Um, you know, all the supporting. I think. Uh, there were some nominations for yeah, yeah. Was it Laura? It was Laura Dern, right? Yeah, Laura Dern was nominated. She's great. In she it. was nominated, but not in it enough. Like I wanted to mm-hmm. see more of her, but uh, just not in it enough. But and it was, you know, we've seen a lot of these movies now with somebody drops out of society and just goes on like a, a quote pilgrimage, mm-hmm. and it's getting harder and harder to make that more interesting and compelling because yeah. now that we've seen enough but we've they seen did. people eat we've seen them pray we've seen yes. them love we've seen them yeah <laughs> we've seen we've, them get lost we've seen them yeah. camp yeah we've seen them need fire yeah we've, we've seen, seen them get cold we've seen, we've seen them, them we've yes. seen them go into the wild <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but this one i i really enjoyed it i thought and, it was and really the, cool. i would say this is the an example like imitation game is something like i was saying i think you should have seen this in the big screen if you didn't okay wild is a movie if you saw it on the big screen, it's cool, but you don't need to see yeah. that on the big screen. Right. It is more about Reese Witherspoon's performance. Yeah. Just and, correction, imitation game, you could kind of see at home. You could. Yeah. Interstellar. You could. Yeah, Interstellar. Yeah. I meant Interstellar. Interstellar is the one you should see in the big mm-hmm. game. But Imitation yeah. Game and Wild are both like, these are fine movies to watch at yeah. home. They're worth your time. I would call them both uh, excellent airplane movies. Ooh, yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, nice Might be a four-inch screen, but it's six inches from your face. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's all it relative. Get over it. Just watch it. There's no plane crash scenes that have to get edited out, and you're going to be fine. <laughs> all right. Premiering this week, Furious 7. You already know what to do. Go buy your ticket if you haven't already. Yeah, yeah pre-order that shit. Go to gonna, Matinee on Friday. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Just go. Don't be stupid. And counter-programming for Furious 7, Women in Gold. Women in Gold. Women in Gold. I'm excited to see this. This The trailer looks good. Um, now, I think the woman's in blue and black. <laughs> <laughs> the frame is in gold, Matt. Um, it's Helen Mirren being all Hel- Helen Mirren-y, which is great. It's uh, Ryan Reynolds, who 
If you told me Ryan Reynolds and Alan Mirren are making a movie, I'd be like, oh boy, what is this? Is oh, this- it's probably going to have a dolphin in it. Oh, God. Did she make a mistake in <laughs> Dolphin's doing- Tale 3, yeah. everybody. <laughs> is it a kid's film? Yeah, like, it's what-, what it sounds. But it is thought. based on a true story, and, you know, it looks it looks compelling. It looks interesting. So Now, what's the basic plot of this? The though? basic plot of this is, and again, it's based on a true story. Her, I think, aunt uh, painted some amazing work of art. Um, Nazis came. She was a little girl. She had to flee Europe. Um, and then the, the painting, you know, when Hitler was uh, setting art on fire, mm-hmm. um, he uh, then, I guess the, the painting, then they find it. And it has been long established as this is, uh, she was Austrian. It's, I think it's, it's, it's an Austrian, the Austrian government owns it. It's in a museum. And she's like, wait a minute. Oh, she sues to get it back. It's I remember fa- this. It's my family's, gotcha. my family's yeah. thing. So it's all about that journey and what they go through. Right. Um, I'm, I'm excited. Is I'm, Ryan Reynolds the hotshot lawyer? Yeah. Well, no, he, I think he's played more of like the young dumb lawyer that's like not as, to, not established enough to uh, say no. Oh, I see. oh gotcha. I see. <laughs> you know, that's how kind of he's they, like not quite the Lincoln lawyer yet. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So He'll get there. He's Matt Damon. He's driving a Cadillac. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He's Matt Damon and whatever mm-hmm. Rainmaker. that one. Rainmaker. Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, yeah, it looks interesting to me. So I, I'm 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 curious to see this. I've already seen Furious Seven, so I know what I'm doing this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gonna go see some broads in gold. I'm gonna see Furious Seven again. Yeah. <laughs> there are women in gold uh, shaking their asses in Furious Seven. So if you yeah. do need that, that is true. That. Yeah, There's plenty mm-hmm. of that. The word family was only said nine times. I was you know what? I was a little surprised. I was bummed. Yeah. I was hoped the over under online. I think it was about nineteen, and I mm-hmm. loaded up on the over. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah, you gotta love. You were right it. to well, do that. Did you count me? And the Spanish one? No, I counted all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah I counted. <laughs> might be ten. It might be ten with me, Familia. Um, but I didn't count the song. The closing credit song was oh, "Gotta yeah. Roll for My Family," "Gotta Die for My Family," or whatever. You count those, maybe it goes over. I gotta. We gotta talk sure. to a Vegas sports book. Yeah, yeah. That was a brutal ending song. That, that's gotta be a. Uh, that's gotta be a judge's ruling on the song. <laughs> <laughs> if you can count those families. All right, let's go to uh, fan feedback. Yes. Um, we posted uh, on March 26th last week, uh, what is your most- On Facebook. On Facebook, on the Comedy Film Nerds fan page, what is the most underrated comedy? Um, and, okay, Darren Arcuri. Underrated, you go Dogma, Zoolander, and Team America World Police, and Hot Tub Time Machine. All right, I'll give you Team America. I'll even give you a hot tub time machine. Mm-hmm. You, Agreed. What the fuck is Zoolander doing up? <laughs> like, explain yourself, young well, man. <laughs> here's what I'll say about that movie. Zoolander came out in 2001. It was the weekend, I believe it was the second weekend after 9-11. So they had to take the prints, scrub the towers out uh, digitally. They had to wipe the towers out of the background of the print uh, as to not remind anyone of the thing. You can go see this dumb comedy. Uh, and I saw it in the, I think, maybe I saw it one more time on television after that. But I do remember in 2001 really laughing very hard at at a lot of the things in that movie. A lot of the gags in that movie were funny. I don't know how much I enjoyed uh, Derek himself. I found Owen Wilson sure. as Hansel to be hilarious. And I thought that uh, Will Ferrell was great in that as well. Uh you know, the scene with John Voight was a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of fun moments in that movie. So I can see why he might say that's underrated, but I feel like uh, 
people have rated it correctly. <laughs> Fair enough. And I will absolutely that was see a very Zoolander too. <laughs> I will absolutely go see that. Movie. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So, what else? What are other some of the some of the other choices? Um, there was uh, Lindsay Robb put Dan in real life. That's not a bad film. I don't mm-hmm. mind that either. Um, and then let's see. What are some of the? Oh God! Speaking of Kurt Russell, Ohm Ingram put used cars. Oh yeah. Oh, that I remember is that movie. classic. Yeah, now yeah. there is not underrated. That's it, I think it's held in high esteem, right? Yes. <laughs> now there's definitely some flat out racist moments. <laughs> where it's the 80s, we all were. Yeah, it was the yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Where he goes to sell a car to a black dude, he's like, "Shit, my man, let me get you a deal." It's like, "Wow. <laughs> this was allowed to happen." But there is some That's how black people talked in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We were led to believe. Yes. Um, soul brother, slap me some fire. I didn't have any in my neighborhood, so I couldn't check in real life. But yeah. <laughs> my high school was 40% black. I knew at that moment it was wrong. So you could have sold him a car. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is, a, that is a great, of course, uh, Jesse Pickos, Strange Brew. I don't think that movie's underrated. I think everyone knows it's funny or they just forgotten it i think you know strange, what? strange brew awesome. is strange one of those brew, i don't remember strange brew is the oh. doug and bob mckenzie you know i've watched that again uh, a couple years ago and you know what it's it's a weird movie because yeah. it has some hilarious great parts and some really like weird dark parts to it where everything from like the lighting and cinematography goes to like this weird creepy action thriller mm. to um you know back to them just being goofballs and uh it's it's a movie worth watching because it's a weird uneven movie but it is really funny and uh, fun in a lot of places uh Debbie and then you get to see max von Sydow crushing someone's skull with his bare hands he's great <laughs> <laughs> debbie schuster webb posted blame it on the bellboy and a fish called wanda I'll go Fish Called, Fish Called Wanda. Wanda, I believe, is rated correctly. That was nominated for an Oscar, guys. Yeah. Let's let's understand what the word underrated means. Um, now, Mark G. Brown writes, Ishtar, no, not really. Striptease? No, wait, that was horror. Monty Python's Life of Brian. It doesn't matter how popular it was, it's still underrated. <laughs> Great post, Mark. Yeah. And I will tell you this about Ishtar, and this has been said by many people. Uh-huh. Take out the desert scene, it's Fuck, there's 40 minutes in the desert. Right, uh-huh. which is half the movie. Which is right. half the movie. You take that out, it's hilarious. In the beginning of the movie, when they're writing those dumb songs, mm-hmm. telling the truth is dangerous. Wait, no, telling the truth is dangerous. Wait, no, when they're doing that, <laughs> they, they play that show at the old folks' home. Mm-hmm. That's fucking hilarious. Charles Grodin, there's, mo- I'm telling you, Ishtar, it, and also the critics jumped on it hard. Yeah. So you know what we need? We need a fan edit of Ishtar. Ooh, I'd love to see a fan edit. There's there's fucking funny shit in the beginning Do part it of up. that movie. Now, um, it may already exist with because the, the internet, everything is there anymore. If you can find a fan edit of Ishtar that's worthwhile, post the link yeah. on the Facebook page yeah, yeah, yeah. or on our message boards. Uh, All right. Do, we, do I get to say what I think? Or? Yes, sir. Sure. Underrated. Here's my underrated comedies. Ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, Fubar and Fubar 2. Which are Canadian movies that are fucking hilarious. They're just about these metal Canadian dudes like going through life. Uh, Fubar 2 particularly is hilarious, I think. And I think an underrated American comedy is Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story. Never saw it. I love that movie. Not only is it shot 
ridiculously beautifully. Like it's shot like all of those biopics are. Mm-hmm. Every biopic it tries to inhabit, it does a great job of shooting, like being right. shot just like it. Uh, and that movie makes me laugh so fucking hard. It's this, the music's good in it. I think all of the uh, performances are amazing in it. I mean, you just think about the backing band. His backing band is Besser. Uh, Chris Parnell and Tim Meadows. That's that's Dewey Cox's backing <laughs> band. So that's who he has to deal with, and that's just periphery. Just you don't even see them very much, but when he's in there with them, it's hilarious. And the just the if you've ever if you ever and I'm a sucker for music biography. Yeah, I love biopics. music biopics. Uh, so if you ever, I mean, I suppose the two that you need to see to appreciate it fully are the Ray Charles biopic and uh, Walk the Line. Walk the Line, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I think that the soundtrack's great. The performances are great. I think the movie's hilarious. And I think it's, uh, it was, I just, I don't know why it didn't do well. I feel like it should have done so much better. I think some people got, but like, like Lord Corette, who wrote the music film chapter in the comedy film nerds book, mm-hmm. was mad at that because he was a big music guy. You know, he put that in his 10, I still haven't seen it. So I was, and that's what I've heard from some like yeah. music aficionados like, hey man, you don't make fun of the man in black or whatever. But then, I don't know. But All he's the, not. I mean, he's not. He's this right. guy that exists in a universe sure. where, yeah. You're not making fun he's of... Not, he's not specifically Johnny Cash in the correct, movie. Correct. Right. He's just He's a, Dewey Cox. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, and there's like, there's so much deleted scenes of that movie that are on that uh, Blu-ray that are amazing. And All right. Like I, want, I, want, I want to see it. I think you right. guys Here's both what mine should is. see it. Neighbors. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Bel- I think Bel- maybe Belushi's last films, mm-hmm. him and Aykroyd... It got crushed by the critics It back when the Neighbors, critics had a okay. lot of influence. Yeah. Um, but I love – it's one of my favorite Aykroyd Belushi movies. Um, it it, it – uh, what's her name? Uh, Moriarty, Michelle – or um, Kathy Moriarty uh-huh. plays the wife. It's There's hilarious – I love it. I, I love Neighbors. That's my – that when I was in high school and college, that was the movie I would use to determine – if a girl I was going to date got it, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, did you see Neighbors? It was dumb. I didn't get it. Uh, we can't go out anymore. Mm. That's about the movie I would Yeah, use. one, Chris? Uh, yeah, you know, I always go back to my fallback, uh, UHF. Oh, it was an yeah, underrated yeah, yeah. comedy. It's fucking great. <laughs> uh, it was one of those movies, too, where I just, I think I saw it twice in the theater. I thought it was so funny. I was a big Weird Al fan. Yeah. And, you know, Weird Al making a resurgence yeah. um, with his new album and all those new videos coming get the, out. Get stuff. the new Blu-ray release of UHF. It's great. Oh, oh really? Awesome, what, is there any extras on it? A plenty. Really? Nice, oh, nice, see? nice. That's, that's good to know. All right, guys. It was guys. big, dumb fun. Big, yeah. dumb fun. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Anything absolutely. on the site? You know what? Um, there's the discussion on the message boards is still going on about predestination. Oh, like great. Uh, there's more theories and more ideas that people are, are putting up there, which is fantastic. Um, and then there was one uh, one post about someone. Uh, I think it was Scrugulous who was baffled by my positive review of the movie Sol- Solomon Kane. Did you see Solomon Kane? <laughs> no, Cain? I did not see Solomon Kane. And uh, and I will say, okay, in my defense. Is when you've read as a kid all the Robert E. Howard stories of Conan, Solomon uh-huh. Kane. Uh-huh. Solomon Kane is like one of the characters that he created that's nowhere near as famous as Conan. Yeah. And then you think, I'm never going to get a Solomon Kane movie. And one actually is made and it's kind of close to the character. I'm like, you are a little more forgiving on the film. <laughs> 
So I thought it was a really cool dark fantasy type film in that in Robert E. Howard's world, it just got bogged down at the end with way too much CG that it didn't need because those stories were always gritty and dark and occasionally there'd be like a monster or something that it wasn't like some, you know, giant flame demon or whatever that, you know, it just... It, it was unnecessary. So you had the end bummed you out. They all had Paul Walker's face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was too much. It was a it was a flame demon with Paul Walker's face. <laughs> all right. But uh, but yeah. So that you know, if you look at it with those type of uh, <laughs> classes that I did, uh, reading all those stories growing up, I was a little more forgiving on the uh, on the film. All right. I think that's our episode. Pretty solid episode. Nice how work. much? Where? How many other episodes are going to give you so much James Bond info? Dude. With the exception of Matt's actual podcast, <laughs> aside from the one that goes yeah. into it every week. Yeah. 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 Well, every few months now. Every few months, <laughs> we really slowed our roll. Um, so that's our show, you guys. Uh, so much fun. Um, of course, uh, you know, go post. Tell your friends, you know, positive reviews, all the fun things you can do to help the show uh, free that are free. And of course, if uh, you got some money, anytime you spend it in our store, you're helping us out. Absolutely. Like we say, spend $20 a year on anything. And even if you don't want to buy something in the store, um, there's donation tiers. You could just do a custom donation mm-hmm. of 20 bucks, and that helps us out as well. And, you know, everything's moving forward with the LA Podcast Festival, September 18th through the 20th. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll d- probably be there. Yes. <laughs> we were trying to get Chris, but he's on the road. Hardwick's yeah, on, he the is road. on the road. That we were trying to get Nerdist. Yeah, we wanted like, to get all you guys there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, Matt will be there. Doug Benson is confirmed. Never Not Funny is confirmed. Uh, a little film by the name of Earbuds will be premiering there. Yes. So go to LAPodfest.com. Tickets and uh, discount movie or uh, hotel is uh, mm-hmm. if you're coming in from out of town. And I want to thank everyone that came out to Podcast San Diego on Saturday because I, I gave the closing keynote speech there, and it was really great. It was really fun. I got to meet some of the Entrepreneur on Fire guys. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was a really good time. It was a lot of just new podcasters and old podcasters just kind of wanted, learning more about it. But the guys that run it are really cool. They, mm-hmm. they run Podcast Movement in Texas, and I think we're going to be doing more work with them with our festival as well. Awesome. So, and uh, I want to thank the Comedy Film Nerds fans that came out. You know, there was a lot of podcasters and fans that came out that wanted to hear the speech, and I want to thank them for being able to give discount coupons, and we were able to get a couple people in free. So it was, it was a great Saturday. It was a one-day event. It was really cool. Uh, Matt Myra, where can people find you on the World Wide Web? Uh, Twitter, uh, at Matt Myra, M-A-T-T-M-I-R-A. If you go to MattMyra.com, that'll just bring you to a Google search for Pizza Cats. I just <laughs> didn't bother putting up a website, so that'll redirect you to that. Enjoy some cats with pizza. It's really fun. Oh, delicious. Uh, yeah, watch At Midnight uh, at midnight on Comedy Central and uh, listen to podcasts that I'm on. There's plenty. There's a bunch. If there's a podcast out there, you've been on it. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) If I haven't, I'm doing it this week. (laughs) Uh, All right, guys. That's our show. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, It is so fun doing this um, every week. And uh, it's uh, having a a brief little brush again with traditional media recently. It makes me uh, hate traditional media and love this all the more. When are you able to talk about that? Um, when it when it airs, okay, and I oh I, boy, and I will. Well, oh boy. that might be a uh, spoiler app on its own. There's going to be a full spoiler app, yeah, <laughs> about that. 
It's going to be right. great. I can't believe it. Um, so uh, I was there. I, assume I was there, and I couldn't believe it. I assume it. you're just talking about your guest spot on Arrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they made me. I wanted to wear tights. <laughs> I wanted to wear tights. They're like, no, you're in the DSS. You wouldn't be wearing a shirt that tight. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, The Rock did it. If the Rock can do it. <laughs> Are you saying I'm not as big as The Rock? Yeah. And it went on from there. Yeah. I can't talk anymore no about the, it. No one in the Suicide Squad wears tight shirts. <laughs> They do now, motherfucker. <laughs> um, I'm in my 40s. Anyway, uh, that's our show. Thank you so much to Matt Myra. Uh, my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember Han, Han shot first. first. Spectre. <laughs>